Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs and thanks for joining us on this last day of 2023. We're celebrating New Year's Eve and it's great to have you with us on Lou Dobbs Sunday. Let's start with the raging rampant anti-Semitism on our college campuses which caught just about everybody by surprise and the moral paralysis of Harvard's leadership. Unable to come to terms, it seems, with bigotry and charges of plagiarism against their president, Claudine Gay. Gay, by the way, and you haven't seen this reported, if, if at all, in the national media, but Claudine Gay recommended for that job less than a year ago by none other than President Barack Obama, who also reportedly lobbied hard for Gay as the scandal broke and worsened and worsened. Harvard's worst scandal, in fact, in almost four centuries. With us, Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson. Great to have you with us, Professor. Your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, well, it really, I think, is a reflection of the decline of our elite academic institutions. You see uh, a philosophy uh, characterized in different ways. You could call it critical race theory. You could call it diversity, equity, inclusion. You could call it whatever you want. But it is elevating politics over academic substance. It is centering race in the middle of everything. And it has a very fundamentally anti-American flavor to it, anti-capitalist flavor to it. Right. And unfortunately, in this kind of toxic mix that's going on in academia, the most radical elements have chosen to single out Jews as the object of their hatred, something that we know has gone on many times in history. Uh, and the people who should be the adults in the room, the presidents of universities, have proven that they are not adults when it comes to these matters. And, and that's really what we're seeing. You can't judge what's going on now in the narrow scope of the last 30 or 60 days. You really have to view it in the scope of what has happened to academia in the last 20 to 30 years. You know, I've often thought, and I know this is going to be controversial for some people, but to have academic programs uh, on ethnocentric uh, subjects is to me a dilution of, the, of academia. Uh, then to take that to another step and have actually uh, political uh, activist education, whether it be the Kennedy School, whatever it may be, uh, Stanford, whatever it may be, the university, uh, instead of the fundamental university subjects that one associates with that of producing, uh, graduating uh, men and women of true education in the classical sense. Uh, it is, I, I frankly think that it is a, a crime for these universities to be charging 50 to what, 80, $85,000 a year for the education that's being provided. Your thoughts? I think that's right. I mean, I think we are not educating people, at least at these elite institutions. Um, notice, and other people have commented on this, we don't see these protests and these riots in favor of terrorists at community colleges, where students are more likely to actually want to learn something that will help them in their life. Uh, we're seeing them at the most elite institutions, and I, I think it's a, a complete failure of the system. We have elevated identity politics over merit. We have elevated equity, meaning equalizing outcomes and manipulating outcomes over equality, where everybody is treated fairly. And so that's what we're seeing go on. And it's really tragic. We're not graduating 
the future generations that we need to keep this country strong. We're graduating people who have been schooled in an ideology of tearing down our society. If you look at all of these ideologies that are creating this toxic mix on campuses, it's a hatred of our system and a desire to tear us down. Of course, they don't understand what the consequences of that will be, but understanding is not really what it's about. These are essentially what you would see in many cases at, at a North Korean rally, just people chanting slogans they don't even necessarily understand. There have been a number of people who've interviewed students on campuses chanting from the river to the sea, and they can't tell you what river and what sea. They just mind-numbed chanting of these, these genocidal um, doctrines, and so it's really scary. It's a, it's a time where I hope what has happened the last month and two months on campuses is a massive wake-up to our country that what's happening on campuses is, poses a, a long-term threat to our country. I, th- I think you're right in both instances. Uh, it's a long-term threat. It's, uh, it should be a wake-up call. Your thoughts about a university, any university, that had witnessed their president do uh, what uh, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University, had done before the uh, hearing in, a US, in the U.S. Congress, who is accused of plagiarism, who is accused of constricting, constraining free speech, uh, who is accused of uh, outing, uh, ousting a professor who just happened to defend prof- uh, the uh, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, what, what is your reaction to that, and how in the world could any board of trustees, uh, corporate board of any university support that? Well, it's hard to understand in any reasonable corporate fiduciary sense Uh, She was a failure in her relatively short term so far as president, and you need a president precisely to deal with times of crisis, such as has happened the last 60 days, and she's been unable to deal with it. In fact, the dealings she's had with it have made the situation worse, not better. They're an embarrassment to Harvard. I've read someplace that they've lost over a billion dollars in pledged Mm. donations because of it. Uh, And then it comes out that she legitimately plagiarized in multiple papers, you know, other authors and the Harvard board in their announcement that they are sticking with her acknowledged that their review found four instances of uh, lacking attribution in her papers. Uh, There are other people who found more and but they don't feel it was serious enough and they're going to allow her to issue corrections to her papers. I mean, this is insane. (laughs) Really, it is. I don't mean to laugh about it, but this is insane. You have somebody who's a complete failure, who embarrassed the university, who cost them a billion dollars, who gets caught plagiarizing, and they're going to stand with her. And I think the problem is they're between a rock and a hard place. I mean, she was appointed because she was a strict adherent and promoter of diversity, equity, and inclusion ideology. I mean, a paper leaked out recently that she had written, uh, you know, that she was going to push that into every aspect of the university. The university is in a hard place. If they fire a black woman a president who was hired because she is a devotee of diversity, equity, and inclusion, you can imagine the uproar they're going to face from the student activists and from the faculty activists. But if they keep her on, it's immensely damaging long term to the brand of Harvard. And maybe they think they're above it. Maybe they think their brand can't be permanently tarnished because it's Harvard. Well, you know what? 
the people who branded Bud Light thought the same thing, and they found out differently. I yeah. think that they are in an extremely uh, difficult position, and I think that this will seriously hurt the Harvard brand, the Ivy League brand, and I think that the nation is waking up to the fact that these elite institutions, and I work at one of them, um, are doing tremendous damage to the country. I guess it's just simply reflex. What would the Harvard board have done uh, if the president was a white male and done precisely the same thing? Because what we're getting into is the politics of both condescension and patronage. Uh, it is, uh, to me, it is just inexcusable, and it puts the lie further uh, to diversity, equity, and inclusion. What are your thoughts about the necessity to get rid of ESG, DEI, all of this nonsense? Yes. I mean, while you were talking, I was thinking back, you know, there's a book, I think it was in the late 70s, called Harvard Hates America. And uh, it was such a great, it was a bestseller. It was a big hit at the time. People have probably forgotten it. But Harvard Hates America, and it, it's absolutely true. They sneer at, you know, ordinary citizens they consider themselves above and the way they're acting now i think is a perfect example as to dei and esg and all of those uh you know esg is more of a corporate thing uh, and i think from an investment point of view it's right. nonsense but uh you know dei is a an academic thing it's a campus thing i mean it's moved beyond campus but it's basically a campus thing and you know regardless of whether you're a democrat or republican or regardless of who you support in the Republican primary, um, what they're doing in Florida, what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida is part of the answer. It is defund these bureaucracies, defund these government salaried bureaucracies who are causing such monumental pain. I mean, we've been at my website and, and I've been screaming for years that DEI is poisonous. It breaks people into identity groups. It forces them to be treated not as you know, fully human individuals, but as humans who are merely part of a greater group, a group identity. It pits right. people against each other and it pits people against their country. Get rid of it. It has to be gotten rid of. You can't tweak it around the edges. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Professor, just a, a short while ago, short, what, two months ago, uh, Cornell was in the midst of its own controversy. What is the envir environment now? Has the campus settled down and are you moving to a better path? Well, it's certainly not as bad as it was six weeks ago when there was a professor who announced he was exhilarated while, when he heard of the Hamas attack. Um, there were student groups chanting, you know, from the river to the sea and intifada, intifada. 
which is the bloody uh, suicide bombing campaign against Israel. Uh, there was a student who appears to have become radicalized while at Cornell, who actually posted threats to shoot and shoot up the uh, kosher dining hall, uh, was arrested, charged in federal court now. Uh, it was a bad scene and, and a completely um, incompetent response from the administration that really they just reacted to pressure from alumni and the media couldn't figure out the right thing to do the first time. So it's not a great situation. I think the I have zero confidence that the administration is going to do anything other than try to wait it out and try to avoid having to take any meaningful action on campus. They just announced a new policy that um, because, you know, of the presidents who testified in Congress couldn't say that calling for genocide is uh, against campus policy. Um, they, they announced a policy. Yes, calling for genocide is against Cornell's policy. But the way they define genocide is not the standard definition of genocide. Um, you know, the U.N., the Holocaust Museum, the United States Congress, they all have gener uh, definitions of, gen of genocide, which do not limit it to the complete eradication of a people. Yet Cornell announces that a call to kill all members of a group, all members of a group, um, is a call for genocide and will not be tolerated on campus. Well, that's just a dodge. Nobody defines gen genocide that way. That's a subset of genocide, and nobody's calling for that. Uh, and so they create this fictitious, phony uh, definition of genocide, which is not a standard definition, uh, that they know is not what people call for. And what they're doing is they're trying to do it to avoid having to deal with the problem on campus of people calling for violence against Jews, because if they don't call to kill all Jews, then it's not a call for genocide, according to the Cornell administration, which, of course, is absurd. That whole thing tells me they are not serious about this. They're treating this as a public relations exercise, and they think they can wordsmith their way around it. But I can tell you, alumni are very upset. I think parents are very upset. I think students are very upset. And Cornell's just going to try to rope-a-dope it and wait it out and hope we go on winter break. And when everybody comes back in six weeks, it's all forgotten. I don't know if that will happen, but I think that's their strategy. Is there enough independent thought within the students of Cornell for those students to come back organized and to meet the the threat of DEI, CRT, or critical legal theory, whatever you want to call it, uh, and to take it head on and the administration? Uh, or is this, are we reaching a point where students uh, who are, uh, you know, who are in these institutions get out of the trap and start just start moving to universities or colleges or, or programs in which they get an education but get rid of all the other nonsense. I mean, they're being indoctrinated. They are being threatened. Uh, and I don't understand why people don't. The federal government is in most instances, and the federal government in this case are American taxpayers. American taxpayers are spending more money on those students than the parents of those students are on tuition. I mean, this is ridiculous. And those parents are middle class for the most part, and and they're paying for a Harvard education that is, frankly, nowhere near what it once was. Yeah, I, I don't think the current students will be will rise up so to speak. I think that they feel very bullied. Uh, I think they feel that 
to speak out means they will be targeted. Remember, we have mobs of students running through the campus with bullhorns chanting for violence. Uh, I think it's a lot to ask, you know, a sophomore in college to stand up to that. Uh, So, but what will happen with, you know, future applications in future generations? I mean, Harvard will always fill its class and there'll always be more people who want the name and want the diploma uh, and don't care about it. But I do believe we are developing in this country something of a red-blue divide at the university level. People will have choices. They can go to the University of Florida or many other universities in red states, public universities, and they're not going to find this level of DEI indoctrination. In fact, it's being defunded. Or they can go to schools in New York, public universities, or California, and they will be inundated with it. Or they can go to private elite colleges where they will be inundated with it, and they're going to have to make choices. I think just like people vote with their feet, moving south. If you look at all the demographic maps showing, you know, trends of where people move, it's all north to south. Nobody's moving north. Uh, And I think you'll see that in academia. It may take, you know, a few years to play itself out. And I don't dismiss the Ivy League credential being an allure for people. But I think you will see people moving to other, you know, locations for academia, for academics, just as you see them moving to other locations for other things in life. I think there was a time when every parent would have been very proud to have their kids going off to an Ivy League school. You get the last word here, Professor. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, my last word is this is an opportunity for change. The complete implosion in the public perception of the elite institutions is a chance for for change, for the better to strengthen our country and to strengthen the institutions and don't let this moment pass. It's a moment created by the institutions. They are, you know, uh, self-destructing in front of our very eyes. They have enormous hypocrisy. They're losing credibility and we shouldn't let that pass, you know, to, to use a famous political phrase, don't let a crisis go to waste. And, And the crisis on campuses is something we can't let go to waste. We have to turn it into a better situation uh, because otherwise it's just going to get worse. Professor William Jacobson will be right back with much more talking with John McLaughlin, one of the country's top strategists. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 